This is Ricardo Bertolo, Associate Editor of the Euro-Onco Platform Kidney Cancer of the European Association of Urology, leaving the 20th edition of the EAU Robotics Section Congress in Florence. Today, I have the privilege of having with me Dr. Badani from the USA. Dr. Kitan Badani is Professor of Urology at the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai and Vice Chairman of Urology and Robotic Operation at Mount Sinai Health System. Director of Robotic Surgery at Mount Sinai West and Director of the Comprehensive Kidney Cancer Program at Mount Sinai Health System. He's a recognized world leader in the research and treatment of urologic oncology, particularly focused on kidney cancer of interest for our platform. So, Dr. Badani, your life surgery task was about complex partial nephrectomy. You are one of the preeminent practitioners uh, in the world for this kind of intervention. Let's talk about the concept of complexity in partial nephrectomy. What is complex in your daily practice? During live demonstration, you underline that there's something else beside nephrometry score. Thank you, Dr. Bertolo, and thank you to the EAU for inviting me for this terrific podcast. Um, so this first question about complexity in partial nephrectomy is a very good one. There are a lot of factors that go into making an operation difficult. <clears throat> For robotic partial nephrectomy, of course, nephrometry score does a good job, or Padua score, these classifiers do a good job of explaining the geography of a tumor. Where is it? How big is it? How deep is it? But now that we have a lot of experience with robotic partial nephrectomy, there's less concern with, say, those factors in successfully accomplishing a partial nephrectomy, right? There are other factors too, and that's patient habitus. And it's not just BMI, right? BMI can be fat in the body overall, or it can be visceral fat. And there's a lot of fat around the kidney. And so visceral fat is a very important factor in how difficult this operation could be. And then, of course, there is the adherence of that fat, or what we call toxic fat. And some of those can be clues in the uh, imaging, right? You can see the amount of visceral fat around the kidney, You can also see stranding, vascularity. And so if you're looking at your patient and you're looking at the scan, you probably have a good idea of what to expect. Uh, and then, of course, there's prior abdominal surgery, access. And we're going to get to this later in our interview about the alternative accesses and how that's helped us. Thank you. Thank you. And let's uh, have a question about your lecture about the evolving decision algorithm for multi-port versus single-port approach. You say during life surgery that as a general rule, you would have re not recommended a given colleague to do your life case by a single port platform. On the other hand, you stated that maybe you could consider SP for such case at your level of expertise. So tell us something about your decision algorithm between the multi-port and the single port robotics. Absolutely. Uh, I'm happy to share my thoughts. And of course, these are my thoughts. I do not speak on behalf of all single port surgeons uh, in the United States. But I think we're at a very interesting point in time. And Europe is feeling it, right? Europe, you have adopted a second platform. You have DaVinci and you have Hugo Medtronic. And so now you have a lot of experience with two robotic platforms and figuring out which one might be better for which operation. But the difference is, They both have similar access. They both have similar approach and capabilities. So the actual operation is very similar once you've done the setup. So the learning curve is in the setup, correct? Yeah. And, and you've had experience, so you, you can tell me. SP, single port, 
is a whole different paradigm. It is an entirely different way of operating. And so the learning curve is very different, right? You have multi-port XI in the United States. And so you have that approach and we're very comfortable because we've done thousands of these procedures. Single port, however, is a different access. It's a different way of operating. The machine works in a very different way. Um, you're much more autonomous. And so the learning curve starts all over again uh, in terms of how you perform these procedures. And so my comment during the live surgery wasn't that you can't do something single port. We have plenty of examples of uh, big tumors, complex tumors, all being done successfully single port. My point is, what is the best way for you to individualize the approach for that patient? Should you use multi-port? Should you use single port? Should you do a retroperitoneal? Do you want to come from a low anterior incision? Do you want to do it, you know, trans, um, uh, trans incisional through a prior incision? So we have a lot of options now that we just never had before. And now we have to think about how we want to um, personalize our surgical approach for that particular patient. Thank you. It's very nice and exciting. Uh, I love listening to you during live surgery saying that you learn a lot about the management of instrument clashing collisions uh, during single port cases so that uh, you take advantage from this during your multiple cases. Uh, so which is your idea? Uh, because you are an expert surgeon, but which is your idea of the training for the novice surgeon? Do you imagine any sequentiality from multiport to single port or something different? Well, my opinion is that the future of robotic surgery is completely surgeon autonomy from the console, right? I'm a strong believer that you should be able to do everything you need to do from the cockpit of that console, right? And so when you think about partial nephrectomy, when we started out, we didn't have a lot of uh, the ancillary equipment um, for da Vinci. We didn't have bulldogs. We didn't have good ways of, of uh, securing the stitches. We didn't have ultrasound that we could manipulate. And all of that has been overcome, right? But the problem with multi-port surgery is that we have a big reliance on our bedside assistants and the team as a whole. And yes, we've gotten better. We have our own staplers. We have our own ultrasound. Uh, but we want to do this all ourselves. What single port has taught us is that we can operate far more autonomously if we take control of our own suction, we take control of our own exposure, and we're doing that. And so what happens is now when we do multiport, I'll give you retroperitoneal multiport as an example. Many times I'll use a flexible suction myself because the angles are much better. And I learned that from single port, of yeah. course. Right. And I'll also, if it's a tight space and my two arms are clashing, I've gotten comfortable with moving all my arms together to work in smaller, tighter spaces because single port, you have to do that. You have to learn how to do this. So I do believe that my multi-port experience has gotten better because of the lessons I've learned from single port. Thank you very much. Uh, these were very precious insights. We learned a lot. Uh, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir.